Jurassic Park for a minute, we'll be discussing the second Jurassic Park sequel one minute at a time. I'm Brad. I'm Dave. And back for, for the final show this week anyway, Mr. J Jurassic, welcome sir. Hello. <laughs> All right. I know what this minute is about. <laughs> uh, you tried to tangent last minute to uh, keep away from it, but now we're here. We're uh, oh, finally, man. finally at one of the sadder moments in the franchise. <laughs> yes, I, um, I don't... It's like death. You don't know what it is to your front of the gates. Shall we Shall we face it in everyone and get into it? Well, yeah, yeah, let's just do it. Let's do it. It's like a Band-Aid. <laughs> <laughs> Tear it. <laughs> As we in minute 25 of Jurassic Park 3, the two beasts had come together, and the Tyrannosaur seemed to be winning. The two massive beasts continue to go back and forth. At the 10 second mark, the Spinosaur gets the Tyrannosaurus by the neck, and holds on tight. The T-Rex roars, trying to break free, but can't. At the 14 second mark, it twists its head forward, snapping the Tyrannosaur's neck. And as Alan and the others run out of the way, the Tyrannosaur falls to the ground, dead. At the 25 second mark, the Spinosaur roars in victory, as the survivors run into the jungle. At the 27 second mark, with the sound of a punch, we transition to Paul Kirby, falling backwards against a tree, and his wife Amanda coming in to say, no, please don't. At the 36 second mark, Grant rubs his knuckles, says it's time you've done some explaining, Mr. Kirby. Paul then goes on to tell Grant and the others how they'd done everything they could, they'd asked everybody, but no one would help, and the US Embassy told them they should accept the inevitable. And as the minute ends, Mender admits that her and Paul divorced over a year ago, and then Grant asks the important question, okay, well why me? As we continue the fight, the Rex gets another hit in here with a headbutt, which is sort of, it's good here we're seeing the Rex use a couple of different tactics. It makes you wonder, whether it's an adult or a sub-adult, we can sort of leave that aside, just if you haven't got a larger predator on the island, do you have that instinct to fight? We know we know there's probably a couple more Tyrannosaurs on the island, but whether they'd have squabbles amongst themselves for territory, they probably wouldn't have any other large challenge mm-hmm. unless they come across a Spinosaur. I don't know. I mean, we do know that the scars on the male in the Lost World were put there to be indicative that they were fighting and that they were in a wild setting now where fights for dominance, food, mates, and stuff like that come into play. So I think that they did have a fight instinct instinct because that's kind of the fight or flight instinct is kind of one of nature's most basal instincts if you want to mm. if you will yep. yeah yeah it's, uh, it's, it's kind of right up there with uh hungry thirsty and scared you know and and it's in it's been proven that uh, uh well proven maybe it's just uh tyrannosaurs were just had a really really rough life with the in the fossil record just looking at their <laughs> they, they'd fight each other is i think there's also been um some proof of uh cannibalism between them mm-hmm. two they were mm-hmm. just they were brawlers man these things were they just were. you know so uh yeah how this fight goes i'm still kind of, 
last December, last December, I actually got to um, see the new Sue the T Rex exhibit that uh, they moved her from downstairs in the main hall to her own private suite closer to the rest of the dinosaurs. And the way that they show it off now is you are able to get kind of closer to the skeleton. You can just see better just what kind of life this animal lived. Broken ribs, broken tail, uh, arthritis in the legs and the arms, disease in the jaw. They think that might have actually been what killed her now is that she just couldn't eat anymore and she ended up starving to death. Hmm. Yeah, that's a, um, isn't that that parasite that birds get too, right? And, I'm not sure. Uh, they said there was a form of a modern disease, but I forget what disease they said it was. Yeah, there's this, um, I know there's this type of, uh, it might be a disease or it might be a parasite, I can't remember which one it is, that happens to birds in their beaks and they get, they get holes through their, their bones, um, in their beak area. Uh, I'm, I might be completely wrong or how I'm interpreting, um, this that I've heard before, um, I I really gotta look it up again. But I know I, because I, they had to do something with tyrannosaurs, and they were trying to explain some of the holes that they have in their jaw, and they're trying to compare it to this modern day disease or parasite that 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 um, also attacks birds of today. So you know, I mean, dinosaurs are birds. So um, yeah. they these animals just lived really really rough life. And and how old was Sue that they said that when she passed away? Uh, How many she, years do you think? 30 years around there, 29, 30 years. That's crazy. It, I think it. Is, I think you're right. I think it is one of those deteriorating diseases because I'm looking at a live science article about it now. Yep, and they say a lot of, like, tyrannosaur fossils, and not just tyrannosaur, a lot of um, uh, predators, uh, carnosaurs that they're finding um, have some of those holes yeah. in there. Trichomania... There you go. Uh, sorry, let me try <laughs> I think. Is it a disease or is it a parasite? It's a single cell protozoan disease. Uh, there. Mm, there you go. And, yeah, in, yeah. Oh, and uh, it says in birds, the disease is caused by Trichomonasculinae, or some a single cell protozoan. I'm, Probably butchering my Latin here. I'm glad you're doing that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, well, that's and then getting back to Sue's age briefly. That's sort of one. A lot of people sort of had an issue with Rexy still being alive, come Jurassic World, and her age and that sort of thing. And if she's the only predator on Nublar for all that time, then she's not really going to be involved in any other fighting unless it's the Triceratops or. Um, another large herbivore, so that's probably it gives a good age as to why she's still running around mm-hmm. in Jurassic World. And as as well to that, um, any animal that's kept in captiv- captivity, uh, we don't know how long she was, or do we know how long she was in Jurassic Park when Jurassic Park was still not running, but you know, getting ready to run. Is I she think like she five was years? Eighty-eight or eighty-nine. Then okay. escaped in 93, was free until, I think, 99, and then was, again, captured until 
she broke out again. Her role was released in Jurassic World. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm sure. I'm sure the DPG or someone's canonized it now. But I think the the park itself had only been built for two, uh, three to four years. So, but clearly they would have been mm-hmm. making these animals before the park started to be built. Yeah, and and um, there's a good um, there's a good documentary. You guys have probably seen it called The Real Jurassic Park. It's narrated by Jeff Goldblum. Mm-hmm. It's from it's just yep. from the Jurassic Park Times, things ninety three, ninety four. And you got Jack Horner and Robert Backer talking about um, creating a real Jurassic Park and they go to zoos, they go, talk to experts, they talk to people in the DNA field, um, how it would happen. And one of the things they said that they wouldn't feed live uh, Live animals or whatever, or or pray that that the dinosaur would have trouble catching or might get hurt from, because these animals are very expensive to take care of, and especially ones that you're making like dinosaurs. Mm. So they would take super super care of them. So um, they, I think they was like they had crocodiles or alligators, and they were feeding them, and they asked them, oh, do you, do you feed sometimes? Give them live prey? They're like, well, we rather give them. You know, dead prey or, or pieces of meat mm-hmm. because we don't want them to catch the disease, get hurt trying to catch the animal. Because when you watch um, nature documentaries of lions chasing gazelles and, and leopards, and st- it, there's so many times they fail and they get hurt pretty bad. You know, it, their hunts uh, is never, it's not always like, like I, I feel like one out of ten times is their successful rate with catching a gazelle or antelope or something of the sort, you know? So yeah, well, with my, with my pet Python, it was always a case of when you feed it rats, you kill the rat first mm-hmm. or give it frozen rats. So just sort of, if it doesn't, doesn't get it in the first strike and the rat sort of scampers away, mm-hmm. it, um, it can't come back later and actually start eating or hurt the snake. Yep. Cousin, uh, bred mice to feed his snake and, yeah. Once they got to like adult age, he would shoot them with a BB gun and then stuff them and then stick them in a bag and then stick them in, his, in a like a cooler or a mini fridge he had so that they would stay fresh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's probably one of the reasons uh, Rexy is in the health she is, and because mm-hmm. they they've been taking care of her for most of her life. Yeah, she was she was on her own for a while, but you know, I mean. Who's really on, on especially on Nublar, what dinosaur is really gonna go up against her? She was the biggest one. Yeah. Another one. Yeah. She's the apex yeah. predator of that island. Exactly. Now on Sorna, there's a difference. There you got a couple apex predators. We know there's mm-hmm. more than one Tyrannosaur there, and we know there was a Spinosaur in there. And I mean there might be there was a Ceratosaur. Even though Ceratosaur is smaller, still it's a pretty big, you know, uh, predator. To face off or whatever, if if need be. Yeah. Yeah. It. So, that's why I feel like I get why some fans had a little bit of an uproar on her being still around. But I feel like, well, you know, eh, there's there's belief that it. There's more. Yeah. There's more of a chance of her being around mm-hmm. than there is of that baby from the Lost World still being around. Sadly, yes. Yeah. We don't know what's up with that T-Rex family. I think there's mm-hmm. stuff with the DPG that they wrote, and there's, like, no dinosaurs on Sorna, but... Yeah, I, I, I really don't like that. <laughs> I was going to refute that, if only because the... I, I, this was what I was told by 
Jack Awins, who is in charge of the DPG projects right. and all those girl stuff, is uh-huh. that they they is that I think there are, if only because they left it purposely ambiguous as not to have some a huge adverse reaction. If you read the text, it doesn't. It's not really indicative one way or the other. It says that there's a large population drop, but it never says that there was a large extinction event. There was some species that did go extinct through competition, what have you, but not. But they didn't. I don't think that Sorn is the wasteland people think it is. Uh, that's that's actually good to hear. <laughs> <laughs> Something that's not good to hear. Oh, no. And Here we go. We tangent the game. Here we go. Go back. Uh, you were talking before about that whole fight and flight, and we get a brief cut here of uh, Grant sort of rolls over on his stomach and starts to army crawl away from the fight, fighting animals. Mm-hmm. But the uh, Rex sort of tries for another headbutt, and this is sort of the start of its downfall because mm-hmm. the uh, Spinosaur pulls back and it misses, and it uses the opportunity to snap down and grab the... Uh, the Rex's neck and its jaws, mm-hmm. and we sort of get that classic Rex roar here, as it's sort of almost a roar in pain. It is, and, and, um, if you, and this is kind of the parts where the colors start getting funky. When you look at when the T-Rex is goes in for the headbutt, it's a kind of a shade of green. Then when it's uh, kind of flipping around in the uh, in the Spinosaurus mouth, bright green, it turns this kind of it's almost like an olive brownish color like the thrasher color is and then it goes to like a then when we get the shot of it um biting down that was the animatronic that was i think stan winston says that's the first time in a movie that they that they merge a cgi and an animatronic effect in one shot and then we get the shot of it kind of thrashing around there and it's this really really kind of pungent green color yeah. And it just keeps doing and it just kept doing this all through the scene and it really bugs me. I'm sorry I gotta say that. But yeah, you can see the and then you can hear the neck crack. And if you look at it frame by frame, it almost looks like the T Rex doesn't have any teeth. Like the teeth got knocked out of its mouth. <laughs> and you can actually see like bits of flesh and chunks of T Rex flying out of its mouth as the neck gets cracked. Oh just, man. <laughs> the worst kind of don't look, Joe. Don't look. Uh, well, yeah, that's the thing. It sort of uses those big arms to get a good hold of it. And mm-hmm. One little fluid motion, it sort of steps forward and twists mm-hmm. with its uh, with its head and snaps the yeah, snaps the neck, which is a a bad sound. I hate that, I hate that <laughs> neck snap crack sound. <laughs> And then we we get the shot of the others fleeing just in time to see the Tyrannosaur fall to the ground, dead. And uh, the Spinosaur crouches over its kill and roars. Now, I always thought that, again, was one of the lesser kind uh, quality of animatronic shots. It kind of looks like the... I'm not sure if it's the camera movement or the animatronic movement that throws it off, but it kind of looks like the... And, like, the... Um, animatronic is swinging its head to the side, uh, downwards as it's roaring. And it just mm. didn't look right to me. I think it might have been the camera more than the animatronic. Hmm. Is there any way this fight could have gone 
it, like they they plan to take the T Rex out. I think that's that's the mistake they made by doing that. But if the Rex has got to go, I'm glad it was quick. <laughs> I, I think if they were going to say more towards a being a climax act, act than so early in the movie, and yeah. they had left more ambiguous. Like you kind of hear them roaring in a, back in the jungle. And you hear like a loud thud as one of them falls, and you just don't know which one. As you see the uh, rest of them kind of running into the jungle, and then they get trapped by the raptors or something. I don't know. We've 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 commented before about how we dislike the fact that predator and pred alien run at each other, and then a nuke goes off, and how it's always left. Some films are left ambiguous like that, and we want to see one one win or one not one lose. But Ike, yeah, if, if if you did have that sound of it hitting the ground or even just have them fight and you don't know because really there's no there's no other role the Rex would have played in this film um, so yes you're going to have it take the Rex down but it's not as if the Rex is going to be chasing them in the lab or the aviary or anything like that mm-hmm. but like I couldn't see the Rex coming back at the end of the film instead of the Raptors to be the the main thing they got to get past mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I agree. Like, that would have been great to have something like that, but I feel like that was their intention the whole time to show you that this, uh, that the Tyrannosaurus Rex was not invincible, that it, that it could be taken down, then it was going to be taken down by this guy, and this is the dinosaur you should feel is the more superior, powerful one. And that's where that's the message that it's brought, especially when it roars over it, like, I am the king of Jurassic Park now. You know, like, that type... Yeah, that's the, I've just done that. Yeah, that's the, that's the type of feeling I got from it, and that's where fans like myself just kind of got taken out of the movie. Like, like I was yeah. saying in an earlier minute that we had talked before, um... This scene, the 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 fight, mm-hmm. I've literally seen this scene maybe ten times. Not, I skip it because I'm like, what's the point? I already know what's gonna happen. Even though I know what's gonna happen in the rest of the film, but it's just the scene that I'm just kind of like, there's so much debate over it. There's so much parts in the scene itself where the the Rex gets a hold of the Spinosaur, which we all know some. You know, we can go on with that debate of the bite force and all that, but <laughs> at the end of the day, there's just so much of it that, like, yeah, it might have... T-Rex might have been able to win this one, you know? But it was never meant to for it to win. Never. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. from the moment that Spinosaur took over that logo, the Tyrannosaurus yeah. had to be taken out. And sadly, yeah. this is the way they did it. You know? Eh. It's just the way this film, and that's where this film kind of loses me right here. But then, you know, certain other aspects of the film bring me back on it. But that's yeah. that was just a ugh. that was like a downfall. Well, my Jurassic fandom. <laughs> well, that's it. Yeah, and then you sort of have. Well, I'll describe it as a not a backflip, but just them sort of correcting it by having Rexy come out of Tyrannosaur Kingdom and burst I, through that I, skeleton and then and then and then even even just the Rex and Indominus fight from the end of Jurassic World yes Blue helped out a bit as well but 
you could tell that they learnt from the mistakes just by having as soon as that Rex ran through that skeleton you knew she was going to win the day whether it was having the Mosasaur help out as well but she wasn't going to die there and it's always that question's always been there of is she going to die in this trilogy or not or is she just going to walk away into the sunset uh yeah I don't think they're going to I don't think they're going to if they do have her die it won't be from like just old age or anything I think it'll be in a fight if only because I mean, let's face it, as we've discussed, she has been in captivity most of her life. She's gotten her vaccination. She's got a good dental record. I mean, she's been in some scraps, but hey, we've also admitted T-Rex is a pretty, uh, is a pretty tough animal. So mm-hmm. we really don't know the life expectancy of a T-Rex in captivity. There's crocodiles in captivity that are over 100 years old. The oldest bird uh, that ever lived was 66. For all we know, she could be through in the middle of her life. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, we don't know also with the with the cloning procedures what in general it did too. Yeah, so yeah I mean that's this is this, but all of this is just is speculation and whatnot, you know. But whatever, it's it is what it is, you know. She's there, she's still around. Um, if she dies in the next one, you know, I mean, we, you I mean she's old? I get it. If she would. I just would, for being who that T-Rex represents and who it is to the fans, especially a person like myself, which loves the the original T-Rex, Rexy, I love the, the TLW ones, don't get me wrong, because you guys know how much I love Lost World, but Rexy is the dinosaur that made me fall in love with dinosaurs, so... The day that she goes out is going to be a sad day for me. Either way that she goes out, as as long as yeah. it's not like this, <laughs> I don't I don't want a Spinosaur to make a reappearance oh. in the next film and to end up killing Rexy. I I I would walk oh, so out that petition. Stop it. I know I'm so sick of these petition people. Yeah. And they're let's get Spinosaurus back. And, and have a rematch. I'm like, we don't need a rematch. It's petty and unnecessary. We don't need one. The Spinosaur has had its yeah. is moment in the sun. It had mm-hmm. a whole movie to itself. Yeah. Had a whole toy line to itself. Um, I get the T-Rex is on, but T-Rex is the staple. It is the logo. It is what Jurassic Park was started on. Michael Creighton, when he made the book, he didn't put a Spinosaur, he didn't put a Raptor, he didn't put um, uh, a Triceratops, he put a Tyrannosaurus Rex skeleton on the book and on the second one. I would go so far as to say that Rexy is the, the star T-Rex. She is. If only because both the cover of Jurassic Park and the logo and Rexy are both based on the American uh, AMNH 5027, which actually gets a mention in the in the book the oh, skull right. or AMA yeah the skull for AMNH5027 was used to reference and uh, create the skull for the Jurassic Park T-Rex yeah so there you go see I mean so if you're if you're trying to take out this because uh, there is a big following that really wants the Tyrannosaur, uh, they call it the T-Rex fanboys and whatnot. Mm-hmm. In this, but when you get down to the nitty gritty of it, the Tyrannosaur is the symbol for the entire franchise. So why is it that we? 
we've gone back. And the raptors are very famous dinosaurs in this franchise. Now we have one that's a character mm. in the movie, like an entire character. In the movie. Yes, Rexy. Movies where they've been characters. The big one was is arguably one of the most famous raptor characters from the first. I movie. love that raptor. That raptor is awesome. Yeah. Sometimes I'm confused which one it is in the movie, but I don't care. In <laughs> uh, Rick Carter production notes, uh, discovered that that a friend of mine uh, discovered actually said that it is the one that attacks Ellie in the shed, not the one that Muldoon that kills Muldoon, and that means that it's the oh. one that comes to the tarp and is the first one Rexy kills. Hmm. Oh wow! I always thought it was the other way. I always thought it was uh, um, the big one was the one that. Um, that that attacks her last, no. but I guess I guess the other raptor that attacked her last is like you killed her. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, everybody nobody expects that, that that she would be the first of the raptors to die by uh, uh by the T Rex, but but then again, I mean, very unconventional villain. Let's face it. But but then again, it shows how much of a of a, of a you know, badass <laughs> that uh, that uh, Velociraptor is to jump up mm. and attack a tyrann a full grown Tyrannosaurus Rex. Well, she's laid in the pack. She's they had laid in the pack. They in a hunt. Let's get up. Yeah. So you know, I mean, it, it, like, like we said, if if the T Rex, you know, if, if next film shows her passing away or whatever, may be in a heroic fight because it seems like dinosaur fights are the thing now. They just keep putting more and more of them now. Um, so, I, I personally, I was okay with, like, the first one, Jurassic Park, then Jurassic Park 3 kind of overdid it for me, then, um, Jurassic World, I know, Brad, you, you're not the biggest fan of Jurassic World, but I liked it, uh, I liked the fight, I was yeah. fine with it, I, that, her bursting through that Spinosaurus, I, I actually jumped out of my seat and yelled out, yes! <laughs> <laughs> I cheered too, I, I didn't, I didn't jump out of my seat, but I definitely cheered, yeah. Oh, I went. I I took my mom to see Jurassic World, and she I, I, loves Rexy. She oh, I, absolutely I, loves Rexy. She calls her the queen. She doesn't even name. She doesn't know dinosaur names and stuff. But so she's like, whenever I talk about dinosaurs and I tell you maybe like a T Rex or something, I'm like, Mom, um, la, uh, Mom, la reina. Reina in Spanish means queen. So I'm be like, Oh, it's la reina. She'd be like, Oh yes, yeah, my favorite one. She loves her. So when I took her to see it, and she. And she doesn't like the Spinosaurus at all. So when, like uh, she saw Rexy just burst through the Spinosaurus, she was she started and she did the same thing. She got up and she was cheering like this is a way older lady just like getting up and just cheering like it was great, you know. And that's it. That, that is, it's fine. And I've got no problem with the scene. My my bigger gripe coming out of that is the fact that Colin coming out afterwards and said that is the exact skeleton of this spinosaur we're seeing and talking about now and just doing doing stuff like that yeah which we know it doesn't have the same anatomy as that spinosaurus no. just being a spinosaurus it was enough symbolism you don't it doesn't need to be the one i i didn't care yeah. for it being the one just the symbolism behind it i was like oh yeah that's a big f you to uh yeah. <laughs> you might have but to even... edit that right now <laughs> <laughs> but it, oh, no, it was, it was, it was sensitive enough. Even um, the fact that it was the Spinosaur, like if we knew from marketing and that, and the the um, the website that it was a Spinosaur skeleton, but in the actual film itself, you can sort of see it off 
in the corner when they do the main street shots and mm-hmm. when the Trenosaur comes through it, yes, you sort of got that sca- that sail of bone on it that says, okay, it's Spinosaur, but that could have easily been a Baryonyx or something else in the film. It's only because of what we've seen before and after with marketing that we actually knew it was a Spinosaur skeleton. Well, I did anyway. I didn't know looking at it in the film that it was the Spinosaur, but... I, I, I knew it was a Spinosaurus. I just didn't know or, you know, with the with the thing they said afterwards that it was the Spinosaurus because it's nasal, like, um, it, it, has it has one the, ridge. Yeah. It, it, has, it doesn't have the, a double ridge. Mm-hmm. The it doesn't have the double ridge because uh, they made it more like the scientifically yeah. accurate Spinosaur uh, skull, yeah. but still the body looked like the Spinosaur that they have for the Jurassic Park franchise. Yeah. You know, it doesn't have, it's not on all four legs like they draw it now or they think it might be now. I think they might change it again. I don't know. <laughs> paleontology every week, they're changing something new. That's why you got you guys got to listen to Paleontology Podcast and, yeah. and read up on those news articles. Every week they got a new one. Yeah, we'll just wait. I got friends that text me like new uh, stuff. Like, hey, did you... Did you hear about that dinosaur they discovered in Canada? I'm like, yes, I did last year. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I suppose to tend it out with the um, with the Rexy dying or not, next film, not taking into account what Universal wants to do with the expanded universe and making 20 more films. Like, whether it dies or not, it's going to be sad anyway. Just knowing mm-hmm. it's the last time you're going to see Rexy on screen. Yeah, that's going to be... I'm going to say something blasphemous here. (laughs) Maybe Jay should cover his mom's ears or something, or make sure she's out of earshot. But I never always felt that Rexy was overrated, and I always preferred the male T-Rex, the the buck in um, The Lost World. In fact, I almost... When I was a child, I almost saw something of a father figure in him because he was big, imposing like my dad, but he also showed that he loved his son. You know? Oh yeah, don't get me wrong. Like I said, I I love the TLW T Rexes, and I love the Buck, the Buck, the Buck one only. You know that the male, the Buck, that that type of T Rex, and that's why when the Mattel came out with this, uh, the green one mm. was supposed to be the Buck. I was excited to go get it. And, you know, having the bull T-Rex toy, too, you know? But, um, like I said, Rexy was the, the first one that I saw on screen with the, with, you know, when, you know, when, um, the Jurassic Park merchandise was coming out in 93, 90, uh, 92, and then into 93, you had the folders, you had the, the Trapper Keepers, and the book bags, and it would have that scene of the Explorer there in the rain, and her face looking down at the Explorer, Seeing that and the, like just knowing how big a explorer car is, <laughs> that uh, you know a, f- a friend of the family had one, and knowing her face looming over it is basically <laughs> that big. It was just a majestic type of um, almost looking at a mytholo- mythological creature that I read in like books and stories and fables and stuff, and then seeing that on screen, knowing that that's you know it's a T Rex. And that's the T-Rex I was just reading about in these books. But look at it. It's on screen. It's alive. It's moving. And it's doing things. Mm-hmm. And It's scary. But it's beautiful. That's the way I saw it. And that's why it has this place 
in my like Jurassic heart <laughs> <laughs> that like that no other dinosaur has really been. I mean, the buck is there too, but it's mostly Rexy, which is like the the main my main dinosaur, my main homie. Hmm. Well, there's <laughs> the, there's a tragedy of it too that people don't normally or fans don't normally talk about. Where after Jurassic Park, all the other dinosaurs, there's they've all got multiples of other animals where they they're changing sex, they're mating, whatever else, flourishing. Where she's she's there, she's solo. There's no one alone. Else. Yeah, she's alone. Yeah. So there's no there's no chance of a of an offspring taking a place. There's there's nothing. It it is it is pretty sad because that's that's why uh, the Lost World ones were so special because you saw them. It was a family unit. And they had an offspring. Which is great, you know. Seeing a T Rex family, with, um, and just seeing the animals be natural in that movie, yeah. yeah, was so great. That's what makes that movie so great. Um, but yeah, I think we had enough yeah. tangent. Right there. <laughs> we t- tangent after the fight as well. <laughs> uh, well, and that's that's sort of, and just to end out on the fight, as I said earlier, sort of the whole boxing match theme of it mm-hmm. Rexy got two good two good hits in there where the Spinosaur only got one so the Spinosaur would be the Rocky Balboa and lose <laughs> this fight mm-hmm. if it was real but then of course well death by KO so <laughs> it's all done <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but we get a pretty pretty harsh cut here to the sound of a punch and Paul going flying backwards into a tree and he falls down and we get Amanda sort of suddenly come on the screen saying no no please stop just stop and then we get a shot back Seemingly up from Paul's point of view is Grant standing there saying, it's time you do some explaining, Mr. Kirby, and he starts rubbing his fist. <laughs> Which... I'm going to admit, when I was, it wasn't until I punched somebody myself in the face myself as a teenager. I won't get into the reasoning, but um, I never. I always thought it was the sound of a vine snapping, and, tr- and that's Me what too. caused... That's what caused to stumble Me backwards too. with chipped over the uh, vine... Yeah, I remember one time, like, the, the the film was in the background, and I had it playing, and then, I don't know what made me just stand there and kind of just look at that one scene or whatever, and mm-hmm. that's when I realized, I was like, wait a minute, he punched him. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that, just looking, the fact he's sitting there rubbing his, rubbing his fist, is that because it hurt, <laughs> and he's rubbing his knuckles to leave the pain, or is it, you start explaining, otherwise you're going to get another one? Yeah, I think if they hurt. Yeah. yeah, when you punch somebody in the mouth real hard, it does hurt. Like and you even see it with Roland when he broke the uh, American man's nose. He's uh, dabbing his knuckles with a wet rag to yeah. to kind of alleviate the pain. Yeah, that, that jawline. When you hit that jawline, it hurts. It hurts yeah. your knuckles. Yeah. It's. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel like when you're in a fight, the adrenaline that you got going on. <laughs> Like softens the blows, but <laughs> yeah, well, it's just I, another thing that the movies sort of change. Where you'll have Indiana Jones sitting there and punching, punching someone over and over again, not, not taking the fact that you're going to start getting bloody knuckles. You might even break your hand if you're hitting the wrong way and break mm-hmm. your wrist. <laughs> and then again, I never really saw Grant as like a fighter. You know what I mean? Well, and so, he's so I fight. it... already fight somebody. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's so in my view. Yeah, and that would that would probably lead more to the fact that all that hurt, and he's sitting there rubbing his hand because he's it's not something he's either done Used before to. or done yeah done that often. Mhm. 
But we cut to a photo of Eric that Paul pulls out of uh, his wallet and starts to explain that they called everyone. we um, done everything we could and no one to help us. The Costa Rican government said it's no-fly zone. And the US embassy, that's our embassy, has <laughs> said that we should accept the inevitable. Uh, can you believe that? As he says and raises his voice a little bit. So I don't even know how that phone call... Well, they're in Costa Rica, so I don't... Hey, our son just flew out to the island, hasn't come back, can you help? <laughs> Don't even know how that would go, but meanwhile Billy's just standing there holding Paul's wallet, <laughs> looking at the photo, and he sort of says you let. He says that uh, you let a twelve-year-old go parasailing alone. Where I know the script in the novel says that Eric's thirteen, because Billy says twelve, but I don't think they don't say anywhere how old Eric actually is in the film. So no. But the whole time Billy's sitting there holding the wallet, I'm just waiting for him to <laughs> check and see if there's any money in there. Because, or... <laughs> again, they think that these these people are rich at this point. <laughs> seeing, a, seeing an empty wallet could, or no credit cards in there could say, well, what's going on here as well. But... Or seeing the type of credit cards that are in there. Like, yeah. see, if you got a platinum card, it's not nearly as good as if you got a diamond card. <laughs> some, some food stamps. <laughs> some, some vouchers. <laughs> Um, I, mean, I mean, let's face it, the guy was uh, swimming at the Y. I mean, he's probably got his YMCA uh, <laughs> membership card in there. <laughs> Most uh, would have their own private pool. Yeah, yeah. But uh, Amanda says, no, he wasn't alone. He was with a friend, and uh, Ben Hildebrand. And Amanda sighs then and sort of lets some of the cats out of the bag that Paul and her divorced over a year ago. And as the minute ends, Grant asks, okay, but why me? <laughs> Which uh, we're all wanting to know, and we'll get to that next minute. But uh, in the novel script comparisons, briefly, the um, as the Spinosaur kicks the Rex, it wounds it, and below, Grant gets splashed with a bit of blood from the wounded Rex, which probably, because of the rating, they wouldn't have been able to have Grant mm-hmm. standing there yeah, covering blood. Even, even being animal blood, I don't think they might have scared the kitties a bit more. Um, the spine, the spinosaur then gets the Rex on the ground uh, in its jaws, and it's only sort of a few feet away from where the survivors are pinned up against a tree. And so they're pretty close as the Rex's jaws are swinging around, and it tries to get up, but the spino grabs it around the neck and strangles the life out of it. <laughs> it's described. Which, Jesus. Yeah, it would have been a little bit darker there. Oh. Um, and then the spinosaur lets out a victorious howl as the blood-soaked professor leads the group into the underbrush. So wow, they were going really dark with this one. Yeah, it's sort of, that's that's from the script too, not the novel. So it's sort of <laughs> weird how dark they sort of wrote it in the script. And a couple of times where they won't say Grant's name, they'll say um, the professor or the, the scientist. Professor. Yeah, which I found odd as well. But we get a little bit more of the confrontation. Paul hands Grant the photo and Amanda says it's our son and he's on the island. Um, and then she um, also says that with, uh, he's with Bill Hildebrandt and Billy actually asks who's that <laughs> um, then Paul replies smugly or sort of her new boyfriend and Amanda says a friend we were vacationing Eric wanted to see the island and the dinosaurs so Ben found a guy who would take them parasailing and they never come back which is a good little bit of backstory just what happened on Costa Rica where they found the dinosaur guys Enrique and that that would also explain the um, why the the um, when we find the camcorder later in the movie and we see them playing on the beach, and Amanda says, "I took this the day they disappeared." 
or the day or the day they left or something like that. Yeah. And then the, it cuts to the footage Ben shot on the camcorder of the island. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, but I just I just like how it um it sort of gives a little bit of that backstory as well that we don't get in the film. Yeah. Apart from that video. Mm-hmm. Um, which will be interesting reading ahead just if the video camera's in the script and what's actually on it if it's described as what's on it so I'll have to have a read after this but um, then Paul's explained that no one would help and he also said it's um, because of the controversy over the island which we don't get in the film either that's the whole reason no one wants anything to do with here because of what's happened and what the island is um, and then Grant says, so you hired mercenaries, and Yudesky jumps in here saying, we prefer recovery specialists. Uh, we do overseas custody issues, and, and then Grant cuts him off with uh, what happened next. But it's sort of also, we get later Yudesky telling Grant, I think, that he's more of a booking agent for the mercenaries. Yeah. Where here they're sort of recovery specialists. <laughs> it reminds me of um, Aeroplane Repo or some of those <laughs> shows where... <laughs> where Guys think they're bigger and tougher than they actually are. What are pirates? We prefer the term high risk trading. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) In the novel, the uh, fight happens much the same way, and um, Rexy dies the same, but when Grant sees a safe location, he grabs Paul by the shirt front and pushes him up against the tree, no punch, um, and asks him, Why did you bring us here? and and fills up with uh, follows up with the truth. So he's sort of being stern, but there's no punch. He's just sort of holding Paul up against the tree, and Udesky tries to step forward, but Alan keeps him back with a stern look. And Alan's tired of the games; he wants answers. And it's only when Paul hands the photo to him that he sort of releases him and looks at the photo. So it's sort of interesting there that Udesky's still, even after what's happened, still sort of standing in to be that security guard for the Kirby's because they paid him to. Um, mm. He's actually going to stand in and get between Paul and Grant. But um, uh, when Amanda says Bill Hildebrand, uh, Ben Hildebrandt's name, Billy sort of raises an elbow and out of curiosity he asks, "Who's that?" Which it's it's one of them things, and we've mentioned before the fact that his name's spoken so so clearly and loudly, like it's we should know who this guy is. It's like. Bond, James Bond. <laughs> Who the hell is this Ben Hildebrandt guy and why should we care so much about him? <laughs> and as Amanda's telling the vacation story from the script, uh, she adds at the end that uh, Dinosaur, I mean it sounded fun, harmless, but they never come back. So we actually get them name the uh, company, or that dinosaur yeah, company in the novel as well. But we'll get to that when we see the parachute or the parasail later. Jay! Thanks for being on, man. It's been great to talk. As we say here, we we recorded for nearly three hours now. <laughs> doing, yeah. these, doing these minutes. Um, if you want to spout off where, where listeners can find you and what are you up to? I know you're tattooing. I think the last time we talked, are you still doing your art and it? Um, I'm tattooing right now? No, I'm not doing that. Um, I'm just uh, I'm trying to... Uh, right now, I, I, as you guys have seen, probably I've been I'm doing kind of like a dinosaur portrait thing, where it's, uh, I did a um, a raptor drawing not too long ago, and um, I'm working on some Dilophosaurs, and I'm drawing up a Brachiosaur, and after the Brachiosaur, I'm doing it's just like portraits of the dinosaurs, mm. and um, like no, really nice. really nice. 
Yeah, really nice detail to them, and then just coloring them uh, and painting them. And then I might do portraits of, like, the characters. Like, the, I think I have a, a Jeff Goldblum uh, Lost World Malcolm half-drawn. I haven't finished the drawing of it. And I think I might soon enough, and I'll post it up. And these I'm going to make prints of because people really like how the raptor turned out and how the Dilophosaur looks. Mm-hmm. The the T-Rex ones are on my Etsy store. Um, and yeah, uh, I have a few plans for those things. That's one of the I've been working on. And just um, trying to get um, more repainted dinosaurs done too. I'm trying to finish a, a T-Rex right now. And I uh, have a I have a small uh, blue uh, battle damage that I um, primed. I haven't painted her yet, but I'm going to either paint her um, Tiger Stripe Raptor or the big one. Ooh. Yeah, and I'm going to add um, somebody with her. So it'll be like uh, <laughs> this little like pack or whatever. I've, you know what I mean? I'm getting back into the customs. Uh, it's been a long time, and I know you guys know that I used to do customs and stuff, and it's been a while. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've finally have gotten the time to be able to do that. I have more time to do my artwork and whatnot. Um, so yeah, that's that's the plans right now. Yeah, like so seeing what the um, what the Jurassic diorama bloke's getting up to with some of the work he's been doing, and now start the Raptor pen as well. I really want to start getting into some sculpturing or building some building some sets oh yeah yeah it's fun man you know um like i said i i've i've been buying little things here and there from ebay little uh certain figures that i want to turn into somebody else um certain dinosaur pieces and and um some clay getting back into i want to get back into sculpting again yeah Uh, i have a good friend of mine he's been sending me fantastic um, photos of some things he sculpt right now. It is a secret project between um, with him. I'm going to be painting it. Nice. Um, and he sent me like an update the other day, and man, they look so cool. I can't wait to like till we can reveal what he's doing because he's doing some cool stuff, man. Um, and he's not really well known in the community. He's, he's a really good friend of mine that I met off of JP Legacy, and I've. I promoted his work here and there because uh, he's a really good friend and an incredible artist, and um, he should get more recognition for the stuff he's doing. But he's very quiet about it, you know. He does it. He really does it for himself. Mm. And um, uh, I don't know. Maybe I've told you guys. Uh, he sent me these little baby raptor heads a long time ago. Oh wow! A lot of little sculpted ones. Yep, little sculpted ones that can yeah. go like uh, on your wall. Okay. Um, I have four of them, and um, I need to. I have them primed, and I need to paint them. And um, I'm gonna be painting them in particular colors throughout the, you know, the series of Jurassic Park. Probably I'll have one that's, you know, like like the first Jurassic Park. Um, then we'll have a tiger stripe one. Of course, there's gonna be a blue one there because blue has a lot of fans, so it'd be nice to do one as blue. Then my girlfriend likes blue, so I might do one for her in blue. And then the last one, uh, female raptor, you know. Yeah. We'll see. Nice. If uh, listeners want to find out and have a look at what you're currently doing and what's to come, where can they find you? Oh, on Instagram and on Twitter. 
Um, both pages, Instagram or Twitter, both sites. You can find me on uh, J Jurassic, which is J A Y E underscore Jurassic, and just add a K at the end of Jurassic. And that's me. Lovely. All right. Thanks for uh, coming on, David. Thanks for another week, and uh, we'll get out of here. <laughs> If you want to get a hold of us, you can email us at lostworldminute.com. The main website is jurassicminutes.wordpress.com and you can find the Lost World Minutes and Jurassic Minutes over on Facebook with the uh, pages there. David, where are we on Twitter and Instagram? Uh, Twitter, we are at Jurassic Minute. Uh, Instagram is the Jurassic Minutes Podcast. Some of the worst things imaginable have been done with the best intentions. This is how you make dinosaurs? This is how you play God. If we split up, I'm going with you guys. Dinosaurs lived 65 million years ago. What is left of them is fossilized in the rocks. And it is in the rock that real scientists make real discoveries. Now what John Hammond and InGen did at Jurassic Park is create genetically engineered theme park monsters. Nothing more and nothing less. Uh, are you saying that you wouldn't want to get onto Isla Sorna and study them if you had the chance? No force on Earth or Heaven could get me on that island. You're Desky. Hello? Charlie! Charlie! Charlie, take the phone to mommy now. It's the, it's the dinosaur there. Okay.